did it. What kind of deviant sicko do you take me for? Who are you gonna call? No way. What kind of deviant sicko do you take me for? It's September 16th, 2020. This is Rare Encounter, Encounter number 10. I'm Abel Kirby. I'm Cold Acid. I'm breaking out the sauce again today. I've got Dos Equis Amber, which is... Uh, Ooh, I'm just sticking to my water, man. Yeah? Yeah. Well, to each their own. I was kind of digging. Well, I had it. my traditional burrito, anyways, today, so <laughs> I'm, I'm good with that. That that is a uh, it is like a tradition at this burrito. point. I think that's a tradition at this point. So it's going to be uh, it's kind of like Cinco de Mayo. Yours is, did you eat a burrito? Yeah, and I did steak burrito. Ah, that's good. Well, we got some things cooking this week. Oh yeah, a couple topics to go through. Well, uh, you're complaining about a Skype update when we were. Uh, yeah. going over each other's lists. I hate that uh when you so when I fired up Skype today it automatically started installing an update. God damn it. Because Windows 10 has borked my audio so many times um and it, it the operating system will update and screw everything over. I don't trust Skype. Basically, I don't trust auto updates on uh on critical infrastructure. So if you're going to have something that you're going to rely on, you better not have it uh, auto updating. Unfortunately, I can't air gap this computer because it doesn't work over Skype if I do that. So I'm kind of stuck with it for now. But that was my my grape of the day. So I think we need to have some sort of backup, uh, whether it's going to be that uh, that clean other feed? software, clean feed, or something like that. You know, man, yeah. it's just it, every time that happens, I always get nervous. Wow, I wonder if we're going to have a show today. But yeah, if we should probably look into clean feed, maybe. Give it a shot on the weekend or something. See if we can make it work. Yeah, it looks like it's the template. A lot of people are using it, and uh, I wonder if did you did you look at any of the podcast 2.0 podcast? I listened to the the second episode yesterday. Yeah, I caught the yeah. uh, I caught them both too. I'm uh, I'm interested. Actually, I like the format of their show. It's not as dry as I expected it to be. It's actually quite listenable. Well, yeah, because I mean. Adam and Dave seem to be friends ever since Adam started using Freedom Controller for his own site. Yeah. And constantly nagging Dave to change things in it. Yeah. Well, they they uh they sound good together. I like the show. Uh, I hope they keep doing it. Yeah. In the in our news. Well, it's uh it's uh, autumn's coming up. This is the last show of the summer for Rare Encounter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. I mean, we've got the uh, Equinox coming up. Yep. And, uh, of course, with the Autumn Equinox, uh, we have the Autumn anime season. And so I don't have anything to report today, but I hope in next episode we can take a look at what's coming up and uh, maybe pick some shows that are coming out for uh, for the Autumn. We'll maybe do the shotgun thing again. We'll pick a bunch of stuff and see if anything's good or not. It's my hope. It's actually on my to-do for next episode to yeah. go through what's on... Uh, what's on in a chart and see like what do i want to watch over the fall what is something I'm definitely passing over i, I like that I mean, when i'm thinking autumnal equinox i'm not thinking the next season of anime so much as like druidic shit and yeah. <laughs> halloween coming up that sort of thing they say uh the the, the rate of change at this point for what, what happens is at some times of the year it's the years becoming longer, or the days are becoming longer, and the and other. No, it's the other way around this and the time. Other, and the other times, yeah, they're getting shorter, and so. But the rate of change at the equinox is the highest, uh, if I understand correctly. So that it's it's like the least stable uh, in terms of you know you it, it's when you're gonna wake up in a week and say wow it's already uh, it's already I used to wake up here and it would be late daylight you know and now it's dark or well, it's, 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 you know it happens so much faster in autumn than it does at the other times of the year. It's like to find the equinox is when is when like the amount of sunlight and the amount of night are equal, right? That's yeah. why it's equinox. So so that the portion of the day that they take up uh, for any particular day, well, for this particular day is equal. 
but then the rate of change for for how fast the you know what we used to have longer days and now we're getting shorter days but the rate of that the days are getting shorter is the fastest right now yeah i never really knew about that yeah i just knew that it's like the derivative of it is is uh, is faster and then when we get to the to the winter uh solstice then it'll start uh, increasing slowly again but the it takes a long time yeah, to so slow down and turn around people to bring the sun back yeah and we have to sacrifice some people you know get the giant yeah. stone oh, table huge, out yeah. get some chickens yeah make sure make sure all the stones are set up properly right so mm-hmm. that when the first rays of light come in on the on the solstice like so we know what our planting calendar should be for the year all that sort of shit you know stonehenge things yeah Drew, what are you doing? You know, druid shit. <laughs> yeah, so I got that. I went, I set my alarm earlier in, in anticipation, so I'm, I'm uh, trying to get the most out of my daylight while I still have it now. Yeah. In the uh, anime news, I caught up on uh, my latest episodes to go through a usual thing. I was looking at Uzaki-chan again. Yeah. Yeah, did you get it? Yeah. The romance episode, yeah, visiting Pottery Prefecture. Also, the uh, the uh, Hot Springs episode. I think they snuck that in. It was a short portion, but I think that counts. It's the onsen episode for uh, Uzaki Chan. Kinda, yeah. But that was, um, you know, I was watching it, saying, "Wow, this is a great advertisement for uh, what is it, the Totori region, or the Totori yeah. region?" So they I have never this. Knew about the sand dunes or anything. Oh, I mean. I don't know. It looks like they have about two miles worth of sand dunes, maybe less on the coast. You know, and and when they showed it in the anime, I said, oh, that's probably how it looks in real life, which is like one sandy beach with 100 tourists on it. I don't know. They they said it was something like 15 kilometers long. Ah, so it's like a kilometer and a half or two kilometers in like from coast to the end of them. Yeah. Well, I saw the, what they showed in there didn't look that big. It looked like, a, you know, a corner of Cape Cod or something like that. So, yeah, yeah they cool. didn't give you much of a look at it. It, it was a real um, kind of Anthony. Was it no reservations with that Anthony Bourdain? I think it was the uh, it was that and the other uh, geez, that other show that was just the tourism uh, kind of offbeat tourism show that they used to have uh, no. late night. Reservations, right? Uh, that's not the right show, though, but I think it was... Anyway, it, it reminded me of one yeah, of those shows that they're just going around. They had a... It was a great commercial for that region. I'm watching it saying, wow, there's all these cool things you should do. And now there's a city that's never... I've never even heard of before I watched this. Like I said, oh, there's there's a whole region I want to go visit and see the stupid... Uh, the Detective Conan Airport... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to look that up. I thought it was a joke at first so that I looked it up on Wikipedia. Oh, uh, no, that's a real thing. I guess that's yeah. just like if you go to the Miami airport, you know, they have uh, football players, statues, things like that. They got Kidoro Road in Sakaminato in Totori as well, which is a, a street dedicated to character from Gegege no Kidoro. You're, that's a swing and a miss on me. I don't know what any of those are. Yeah. Um, manga from 1960. Yeah, that's out of my uh, league. There's yeah, same stuff here. Seen, I'm, just, that is... I'm just reading this from the book of knowledge. Mm. And then Ooh, they, they had... Here's something interesting to me. Uh, Mukibanda Yayoi remains the largest site of Yayoi period settlement in Japan. Now that's something definitely interesting to me because... I mean, I'm always interested in, like, early cultures and such. Yeah. No, yeah. This, this was probably a better uh, tourist uh, tourist guide episode or uh, a commercial for the region than it was a Uzaki-chan episode. There, there are moments in it I liked, but... Yeah, like, when they're both being like, no, no, that's not what this is like! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's totally what it's like. Yeah. And at least now when we have cuties on, uh, on the the main discussion on Twitter. Finally, Twitter has something better to talk about than how much they, uh, they don't like Uzaki-chan. <laughs> I actually did a, I, I literally did a couple searches on Twitter with this in mind, and I was comparing to what I saw weeks ago, and I was doing searches on it, and before, that's all you saw if you typed it like Uzaki into Twitter. It was just hate. Hate, 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 hate. Now, if you go back, it's just like some fans and some fan art and cosplay and stuff like that. They, and it doesn't have that, uh, 
you know, the, the, the people who never liked it anyway are just there to complain about it. Like, they all moved on to the next thing to complain about, so. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, we get a fun then, again. Then you got Peter Grill and politics. Oh, yeah, royal politics. And so is this guy's name Spartacus? The giant ogre? Spartacoy or something like that. <laughs> I kept thinking, I was watching it kind of half uh, paying attention to the subtitles. You don't really need to with that show, by the way. The uh, No. No, that was fun. I timed the I timed Peter Grill for uh, for this time around, and so the episode's 12 minutes, but it's actually the whole episode's more like nine and a half. By the time you get the opening and you get through the ending, you know, it's a couple minutes for each. and It's even yeah. shorter. But no, it was fun. Continues to entertain. I like they had a uh, uh, Peter has to fight the ogre and he has to fight him with a banana, <laughs> naked too. So yeah. that's funny. Yeah, that gets uh, that gets kind of <laughs> well. It's suggestive for uh, the. Oh yeah, definitely suggestive. So yeah, that's still on my watch list. I'll be ke keeping up with that. Everything else I've been watching was uh, let's see, I had a. Uh, Something about weathering with you. Yeah. Now, I don't remember hearing about this show before. No, I, it wasn't a show. It was a movie that came out last year, so I saw oh. it in theaters. Um, but it's on home video now. In fact, the Blu-ray release is either just happened or it's coming very soon. Um, I, I put a link in my show notes, but I didn't copy it to you. Uh, I also have a link for the trailer for our show show notes. But okay. this was a... Um, um, theatrical movie that was released in the u.s uh it was released in japan some sometime before and then i saw it actually in theaters and it is an excellent movie um it, just in terms of a movie and it's also a great anime movie too it's it's totally for normies too there's, it doesn't have to be a you don't have to be an anime fan to appreciate it in fact there's almost no um like the typical anime crap it's completely devoid of that it's uh it's a straight up drama romance drama set in uh, a world where it won't stop raining and to the point where there's floods that are taking over Tokyo and Tokyo is turning back into this bay. And so they fly, they basically float into Tokyo on, uh, on a, uh, a ship. And then, and then they find out there's one girl who has uh, some ability to just clear a small section of grass to stop the rain there. And, and uh, she turns out she's the female, uh, the love interest of the show. And I don't want to spoil too much, but they end up doing the practical thing and turning it into a business. And so there's people <laughs> paying them to show up and she's going to bless the, uh, the little league game so that they'll have sun so that they can, uh, so that they can play that day. Cause everywhere else has been raining for 65 days or something nonstop. And, and the whole world isn't flooded yet. It's a, uh, I mean, it you took 40 days in the past. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, that needs a, that. We need a rimshot ISO for that. Uh, I don't. All I have is twice the love for half the price. I I don't have anything like that. Who are you gonna call? I got who are you gonna call? Yeah, none Love of those fishermen. work. I'll ha yeah. have to find one for for the future for my soundboard. I think I have a drum, like an actual physical drum. Well, let me see if I can do this. Not bad. <laughs> we could sample that later, I guess. I guess. If I hit that symbol as hard as I can, I get evicted. Ooh. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's, right. it's like this uh, subwoofer I used to have. I called it the evictor, because if you turn it all the way up, you're on the street. All right. I think I think we'll just go with finding a, finding a clip that I can play from my soundboard. Yeah, that's probably the way to do it. Yeah, that way you don't get evicted. Um, yeah, but just to wrap things up, uh, the movie was Makoto Shikai, and so it's, um, the same guy who did his most famous one, or the first one I ever heard of was Five Centimeters a Second, which was pretty famous I when it came out. That. Yeah, that was a, a really sad, honestly, uh, tragedy movie. Um, he had a couple others, uh, Children Who Chase Lost Voices was one I mentioned before. It had, uh, Hillary Hagg was in it. And I couldn't take the dub seriously because all I could hear was ghost stories. Uh, uh -huh. He did another really good one called Your Name, which I uh, I never yes. saw in theaters, but I, I picked that one up. Yeah, it's the it's the same. It's that was the movie he did right before Weathering with You was Your Name. Yeah, that is that is one I actually suggest that like even people who aren't really into anime go and watch. Oh yeah, 
And he's after, so Makoto Shikai is really after these awards now. He's, uh, he's looking to get, uh, international acclaim. It's, it seems like where he's, and he deserves it too. Uh, this guy's good. Yeah, but now, now it's starting to sound a little cynical. You're making it sound a little cynical. Like, these movies sound like, like, obvious Oscar bait when you put it that way. Yeah. Well, the thing is that they, they're not going to win an Oscar, though, because it's a foreign animation. So I guess they did, they did Parasite, but yeah, this has the double whammy. It's a foreign movie and it's animation. So it's not really going to win anything. Yeah. Yeah, definitely your name. And so I guess I should look for weathering with you in that case. It is his new film. Uh, If you missed it in theaters is just coming out. So it's the first time you could watch it unless you saw it on, on a special uh, event well never get to see anything like that in theaters up here uh, so it'll just have to be an amazon order probably oh uh, yeah 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 and so- knowing me it's not going to be the dub i'm going to be going for the subtitles <laughs> well i saw i went i'm going to listen to the dub um i i put the dub trailer inside my notes so that'll yeah. be in the show notes need, at the end i need to learn japanese already i've got all these i've got books and i've got all these actual visual novels and stuff none of which i can actually read because i cannot into moon ah it's easy domo arigato mr robato you go hi 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 that's it (laughs) yeah i'm sure that's gonna make it easy to make the correct choices in all these visual novels i got (laughs) yeah got a huge backlog of ones that have never been translated into english oh geez yeah, I tried that once or twice. I just couldn't do it. I had a uh, the last couple I've I've played were kind of uh, fun. I I did look at like I think the last big one I played was Grisaria, uh, Fruit of Grisaria. Grisaria, that that was it. Yeah. And uh, I got the English translation of that, and I I read the f- most of the first one. I didn't complete every every route, but I read one of the routes uh, last year. Now I need to get into it because I'm reliving uh the whole thing vicariously through these brazilians on twitter that i've been following and it's uh that's a riot so it's just so now what i do is the the main thing i look at on twitter is is people posting uh screen caps from visual novels and i don't understand how these people play these games so fast it's like they play visual novels all day every day and you know i you look at their profile oh he's like a first or second year college student so Apparently, there's nothing better to do than read these, but I don't know. It's fun for me. Well, it's not like anybody's going to class right now. Yeah. Well, I think well, he is. In, true. in Brazil, they are. Apparently, yeah. it sounds because he, he was talking about going to classes and things like that. So, yeah. You, Kids have started going back to school like this week, year. Uh, apparently, uh, Toronto school and uh, grade school in Toronto had, a, had on their signboard. A welcome back from March break sign. <laughs> yeah, that's a little. Uh, way, I mean, it's not like they've been in school since March. Yeah, I I think it's technically correct. The best kind of correct. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, you know, I get some stupid screen caps from uh, just to add some flavor. Maybe we can watch our uh, get some people to look at our show notes page. I'm gonna put some screen caps from Twitter of some funny shit that was posted in. Uh, in the show notes excellent my, I like my the tease and you've got to you've i'll send them to you so you can put them in the show notes but you're gonna have to look at the uh, the show notes to see them they're uh pretty hilarious Alrighty, definitely stick them in the show notes then yeah so what do you got this week um well i did want to talk about uh about this oh, it's an outrage i'm canceling netflix what kind of deviant <laughs> sicko do you take me for yeah cuties <laughs> I'll tell you yeah. if, if you. Uh, I stepped on. It. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I like how JCD put how how it sounded to him, like well, what everybody was saying about it. Yeah. But the truth is, from the sound of things, this is a scam. Indeed. So, like, I I posted about this on uh, NA Social earlier this week, but like based on what Adam and John were saying during episode 1277 and no agenda it's it's very likely that netflix actually anticipated the reaction everybody had oh yeah and with 
the way they were advertising it on their service, it's like they were trying to feed this whole this whole thing. They're like making people freak out when the movie isn't even really like as bad as it sounds other like other than the fact that apparently it's boring as hell and in French. It's like, like here I've, I've got an actual clip that I want to play from from the no agenda episode. Sure go. But, and anyone who says, "Oh, it's an outrage. I'm canceling Netflix." You ask them, "What do you think of the movie?" And if they don't say it was a boring piece of crap and in French, then they didn't watch it. This is what I like so much about this story because everyone's up in arms that they didn't even watch it. I think I think Adam really nailed it there. Yep. Cuz a lot of this is people, yeah, people who haven't even watched it. They've just heard Oh, this movie's about uh, pedophilia. It's a pedophilia uh, incarnate, right? It's and really, what what is it? It's about it's about some kid who, thanks to all the social media bullshit and the other kids her age, gets into like some sort of some sort of thing where she's like doing all this twerk and stuff because this is this is what the media is making her think is like what'll make her friends and make her popular and stuff. So it's it's not like this is something where we're we're they're trying to fetishize kids. No, it's like more warning against uh against like the M5M and social media and all the evil bullshit that comes with both. Yeah. And I- in a way that isn't even all that interesting to watch. Yeah. Now, I didn't get to watch it, so there's my disclaimer, but most of what I hear, because I try and tune out most of the stuff I was hearing about cuties, but... Yeah, it's well, not I, it, I let Adam watch it so I didn't have to. I, uh... I, uh... It sounds like people who didn't understand what European cinema was, or, like, they don't... They, they haven't seen any of this crap before. Because if you're looking Glad- for boring movies with, with uh kind of questionable content and messages like European cinema has been doing this for decades, right? This isn't even, yeah, there's it's not nothing new, weird. nothing about this. We, we had like this dance moms crap on TV, which seemed like it was worse to me. Um, and then they had a series of other French and weird movies up there that had a ton of more transgressive things than it, it sounded like. Yeah. This isn't even on the level of toddlers and tiaras. No. So, not there. That's something that's essentially <laughs> fetishizing kids. But yeah, Adam even said in the episode that it's like the usual European art movie bullshit yep. with the message. It, and uh, and the message, one that anybody who's listen, who's been listening to No Agenda for any amount of time already has. Don't trust the media. Yeah, it's a message in, in European cinema with a questionable morality. Oh, my God, we've never seen this before. I don't know. It all. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I'm it's, completely it's, in agreement with you. I think it was all overblown. And the the good thing, like I said earlier, is now uh, everyone who is complaining about Uzaki Chan has something else to complain about. So they got off the Twitter. Yeah. they got off the hashtag, so we could finally get more ISOs. Uh, another ISO of uh, JCD. Another ISO of Adam. Oh sure, let's close it out. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, like I I just love how he did this. Netflix. I've, I think there's probably going to be more use of that in the future as well. And the next time that Netflix tries pulling bullshit like this and people get all up in a huff. The Dvorak one, not so much. I think mostly it'll be sticking with the scam one. Hmm. So that's your cuties report. Yeah, that's <laughs> for this week. Rep- I'll talk to you next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're going to have to bother no, talking about it. next I week. I don't think it'll be a topic either. Yeah. It's not my uh, my purview now, right now. Yeah. Something that is an interesting topic is this article came across my board uh, earlier in the week from 2017. Weird IP networks, internet via birds and ham radios. Via so birds? Like birds, tweet, yes. Tweet, tweet. tweet. IP over avian carrier. <laughs> This sounds like something I'd be into, so uh, lay it on me. I want to hear it. So, uh, let me just actually 
send you the link first. I should I should have done that earlier. But uh, hold on, what's wrong with this stupid thing? There we go. Yeah, I hate Your technology IP sometimes. Course, internet via birds. Yeah, and ham so, radios. Yeah. So one of the first things is uh, Ampernet, the amateur packet radio network. Now this this sounds crazy, but uh, honestly, like radio radio is how Hawaii first had internet access. They they actually had a packet radio network to broadcast to to university in Hawaii, and that's how that's how that's how they had access in the first place. And you just be sending you just be sending network packets back and forth over the radio. I mean, this we're talking back in the day when things were like batch sent when like before there was the internet as we know it. And uh, actually, there's things where they're still doing packet radio today. And then, of course, everybody's heard, well, everybody who's been in tech for a long time has heard of uh, IP over avian carriers, which is the idea of of printing out packets as a series of uh, hexadecimal numbers, taping it to a pigeon's leg and setting it free. Yeah, but those yeah. Uh, podcast yeah, streams, you need a lot of pigeons. Yeah, the latency isn't very good, and the packet loss is amazing. <laughs> and it's actually been done in real life. Uh, back in 2001, with, uh, oh, that's took over 6 million, okay, so over 6,000 seconds for, for a single ping packet to to transfer 6000 seconds so this count. Yeah. Was it 6000 or 600000? 6000? Uh it says here they lost a few packets in their testing. Hey, birds don't always do exactly what you want with the ping times ranging from 3211 seconds to 6389 seconds. Oh, the, yeah. The packet has it in milliseconds. Minutes. I got it. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, so by by 1000 I mean, this whole article is more or less tongue-in-cheek sort of thing, but uh, oh, just... I mean, hey, so long as so long as they have power, we can keep the internet going thanks to the hams. So they made a round trip with uh, with pigeon packets in under two hours. Yeah, with pigeon packets. So yeah, I mean, you can you can do that. I wouldn't want to. I think uh, I think using radio works better. Well, that's what the way most most of uh, you know is. You don't just have to use ham radio. This internet over radio is so common now. You you have it over Wi-Fi, and if you get yep. air, if you get internet on an airplane, that's realized by radio and antenna technology. And we're gonna save the world, man. So it's got to be over ham radio. Yeah, well, I still think it's interesting. Um, like the whole, I like the ham radios. Like when you have a bunch of systems cobbled together. Um, and doing things like running Doom on a on a calculator, you know, it feels kind of like that to me, where it's an esoteric project, and it's uh, it's kind of you're doing it to uh, because you can. The way we're going, we're going to be able to run Doom on pregnancy tests soon enough. <laughs> I saw that. Uh, I saw that uh, oh, when I hacked the screen on the chips that the Bill Gates uh, that the Bill Gates injections will have your vaccines. <laughs> hey, I got Doom on my vaccine, man. Check it out. I got Bill. I got to inject some more wads. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, I never got to write any Doom wads. That was something I I did modding for Command and Conquer uh, Renegade, which was the first person shooter uh, that no one played, and uh, did some modding for a couple other like tribes. You know, tribes too. I wrote some scripts and uh, maps and stuff like that. Did little little editing with that. So I I only worked on two gaming engines which don't exist anymore. That. Remember when we talked about that like way early on, like back in the first uh, couple episodes? About uh, and you wondered if uh, you wondered if Matt did any sort of video game mapping. So yeah, he did apparently. Apparently so. Yeah, I never followed up yeah. with him, but I asked him on Twitter. Yeah. I need so to, he did uh, some uh, he did some CNC maps I think it was yeah 
Yeah, have to have to look that up again. Have to troll through my toots. Actually, that brought up. Let me make a note because I wanted to find this out. Uh, I completely f I got some StarCraft crap. Like I you must construct additional pylons. I put that on my soundboard, but uh, I was gonna see if we can run StarCraft over uh, over IP without BattleNet with the current version, and I don't know if they patched that out or not. So let me make a note to find that. It was StarCraft maps, I think, actually, that he did. Not yeah. Command and Conquer. I He was talking about use map settings on, uh, which is UMS maps for StarCraft, where you could change the, the terrain and set up uh, the different teams and players and assign computer players. But you also had some, for, honestly, fairly powerful user scripting, especially for 98 when it came out, where you could set up, hey, there's a region when this type of unit or this class of unit or this specific unit enters the area then set a flag and then check if these flags are good and then do this action and, and so it had uh, logic that you could program in to do all kinds of crazy stuff and people I don't think it was Turing complete <laughs> the way some of the modern uh, I think the Warcraft 3 editor might have been but you could do a lot of stuff so StarCraft UMS completely changed the game it was you could play a map I'm trying to think of a good example, like Poker Defense was one, where it was a tower defense map, and tower defense started with a StarCraft, not with Warcraft. Um, and you would get a hand of poker, and so all the players would, would uh, you get dealt, uh, Texas Hold'em style, you get dealt some cards, you send some back, and then you get to redraw. And depending on your hand, you could, so if you got two pair, you got, I think, two StarCraft ghosts that were called the two pair, you know, and... Uh, if you got something else, you know, if you got a really high hand, you got a really powerful hero to for your tower defense. And so every round, you just played a hand of poker. And so they scripted in all the uh, the conditions for that. So they got pretty, pretty complicated. I tried my hand at making a couple of missions for uh, Free Space. You ever heard of Free Space? That was the 3D... Uh, it was like a flight, uh, space flight simulator? Flight, yeah. Space battle simulator? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard of it. That was that was pretty interesting scripting for that. I'm not sure if it was Turing complete. What it was, uh, it was based around S expressions like what Lisp has. So lots of parentheses everywhere, and is really interesting doing that. It tried to hide it hid most of it inside the editor, but if you actually opened up the mission file itself in like a text editor, you could do all sorts of things. Yeah. Most of the I never newer, those missions. I mean, all the newer games, if they if they want to have mods, they usually have something like Lua scripting or something like just built in. It's a feature. Yeah, but I like Lisp. I like seeing <laughs> Lisp in video games. Well, I learned some Torque script, and that was a long forgotten. That was the scripting language for the Torque gaming engine. I think the last uh, the last game that made it was. Did you ever use it? Yeah. <laughs> I went back and paid the hundred fifty dollars for the license back in the days, ah. <laughs> and then they came out with the advanced one, which was more money that I didn't have access to, but actually made things that didn't look like crap. Yeah, uh, at least by the graphics of the era. Well, that was that's by that's completely gone. So they got. I think the last game that was published was um, like in two thousand three or something. Maybe it was later yeah. than that. It was two thousand four. Torque's open source now. They couldn't sell it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> they even did Tribes. Uh, Tribes 2 went free to play. And yeah, that that's after... a bit different. Well, they it used Torque, uh, the Torque engine before the series went to... Uh, I think they were the biggest game that used the Torque engine, that, well, at least the one I knew of, before they went to Unreal. I think Tribes 3 was the Unreal engine. Well, Torque was the engine, or became evolved from the engine that was created for tribes yeah star siege trot well was either star siege tribes or was uh there was a predecessor to that which might yeah the just predecessor called star, siege. star siege and then tribes one yeah was was uh the first first person shooter well i guess the other one was kind of i don't know it's like a vehicle combat game it was a vehicle combat game it was great though i loved it well i played tribes too for the most part and man i Played the hell out of that one. That was so so much fun, but it's another one of those. There's just no one. The you know there's probably one or two servers still up with one or two people on them. But used to be able to log on. There's hundreds of people. You pick from a hundred games, maybe even two hundred on a Friday night. Now it's just gone. 
No one plays it. It's mm-hmm. like it went the way of Star Wars Galaxies, you know? Just gone forever. Yep. Since we're gone since we've gone on to like old games, might as well continue on to old tech because oh, there was some computing stuff I wanted to bring up as well. Yeah. First of which is hold, hold on uh, one second. I gotta open another beer. Here, this will be my uh-oh. tech beer. Alright, I'm good to go. Hit me. Alright. So what came out uh twenty five years and one month ago? Or more like three weeks ago. <laughs> 25 years and three weeks ago. I think you sent me this in Skype, but I can't even remember what it is. What is Windows E5. Ah, yeah. I saw that in your rundown. Yeah. Yeah. Released released 1995, August 24. Kind of wish I had a clip of Start Me Up to, to play for that. I've got Windows, all Windows 95 sounds. Does that sound Ooh, good for yeah, you? put it on. It's 40 seconds, so it's going to play them all in order. All right. Or not. Yeah, I'm not hearing anything. Yeah, it's uh, Firefox is right into the wrong sound sound driver. Oh, well, well, scratch that one. You want to send me the link? I can try it. Oh, yeah, it'll probably play on your side. I just pulled, I typed it into YouTube. That's annoying. I was playing stuff off from uh, Firefox earlier. All right. Let's give this a try. Or once it... Get that Canadian broadband. It's going. I don't hear anything. Woo! Woo-hoo. That's the best one. This is the best one. Is that it? Yeah, it's got like seven seconds of dead air on either end yeah just for introduction and exit kind of what's the word i'm looking for when something's like turns out to be disappointing underwhelming i don't know if it has anything on the yeah i don't know if it has anything on one stop that midi no it didn't have any of the midis no that was a windows xp thing i think i'm not sure i thought it was in 95 as well I'm pretty sure it was also in 98. I know it was in Windows XP because we had some Windows XP computers uh, running uh, some test equipment. Like this is over a decade ago. And we had uh, what I what I had set up a script so that it would play one stop dot MIDI whenever the test finished. I was working late night. So what we do is we hit uh, we hit start test and take 15 minutes or whatever. We go off and work on something else. And then you'd know the test was done because it would start playing the uh, uh you just hear it playing through the speakers. You go, oh, yeah, time to go. So I have a special, oh, it, it, I have a special place in my heart for that whole song. It was in ME. Millennium Edition. Wow. Now the ones that I remember, Passport and Canyon, which was which was it from 3.0 Media, and then 95. There's Clouds Mid. Hmm. Yeah, it had every everything you wanted, all genres of music, all of them, all in one file. I remember the I remember the install CD for for Windows ninety five, and it had music video for Weezer's Buddy Holly. <laughs> and here's Clouds dot mid. Listen to cloud. Oh, sorry, I was playing along. You can just. <laughs> oh, let me do. Nah, Did you it. know? If you listen to clouds.mid backwards, you will go to sleep and have an amazing dream. In it, one by one, you meet the Microsoft Windows 95 product team. Finally, you get to Mr. Gates. You reach out to shake his hand, but instead, he puts something in your palm. He smiles. You wake up. In your hand will be a small white egg. Show this welcome screen next time you start Windows. All right, enough of that for now. (laughs) Bill, I need more wads. Shoot me up.
Bill, shoot me a wad. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick the video of Clouds.mid into the into the show notes. Oh yeah, there. put that shit in there. You know, if I met the Microsoft development team, I might fall asleep too. Oh. There are some there are some things on uh, on Amiga that I want to put in as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave them in the show notes. There wasn't really anything I wanted to talk about, but just like just like there's things the story, the Commodore story, and so so what are what are the links you're gonna put in? Okay, so the first one is from TechSpot, and it's the Commodore story, gone but not forgotten. This was this was published. I Skype dropped you there. And the other one is about Cold. how they used how Cold. they used Amiga two thousand. Oh, you gotta oh. say the first one again. It cut you off. Oh, Skype uh, burped you. Uh, just start from the beginning. First link. All right. So the first one's from TechSpot, and it's called "The Commodore Story: Gone but Not Forgotten," and it was published about a week ago. And that's go- that's going from like their fir- their first like mass production computer, the PET, to the Amiga CD32, which died on the vine because Commodore declared bankruptcy before they could properly release it in the U.S. And then the other is an article about how Babylon 5 was created using Amiga 2000s originally. It's like, you've heard of... Uh, you've heard of uh, the uh, video toaster? Yeah, we talked about that uh, briefly. Yeah. I'd forgot what it was, but you reminded me. And then when I listened to the show again, I said, oh, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what. There was the um, uh, video processor, so you could have a VHS deck or two decks, and you could dub stuff onto the uh, onto the tape you, from, from a computer. Yeah, and, and it was from New Tech, and there was a few things that came with it that... New tech even still keeps selling today, like Lightwave. So Lightwave started off essentially as a uh, three as a three D computer graphics editor to work with the stuff that you'd be gen locking into video using Video Toaster. Yeah, I've heard. So it was like a tie in. I've heard of Lightwave, but I've never used it. I, I remember it being mentioned. Three uh, D software yep. was never my. My, I used to use GMAX, which was the Autodesk's. Uh, was it Autodesk at the time? Uh, I don't remember. All I all I remember is like there were a number of different games where you'd get a light version of GMAX with it if you had mod tools, and you'd be able to use that to create your own models to throw into those games. Yeah, but it would be locked so that you'd only be able to either save as like a gmax file and export as as like the model types being used by that particular game yeah so if you had multiple games where you had gmax light you'd have like a different install of it for each individual game because it was like compile the exporter was like compiled in and then you can make your models and upload them uh, to turbo squid yeah turbo squid <laughs> My God, I remember that. I remember browsing Turbo Squid. Man, I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna put that in Renegade. I'm gonna download this model and make it a vehicle. I, I think it's still around. Is it? I'm not sure, but I think it is. You know, it's something that was ahead of its time in retrospect because there's a lot of great websites for game assets. If you want off the shelf, I want textures, but I can't go photograph and then edit grass, right? Because it's not my skill set, and it's a total waste of time when I can just buy it. So there's a lot of sites that do you know, generic models and textures and assets. Yeah, I like useful. open game art for stuff like that. At least for, at least for like 2D stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've been to this site before, openinggameart.org. Yeah. yeah. There's some, so the, like all these free sites, your uh, mileage may vary. So there's some stuff that is, <laughs> I'm sure if you get the page 99, there's some, some uh, less than uh, professional uh, quality here. Honestly, what I think is better idea with these sites is look at find stuff that you like, but instead of just use instead of just using it, contact the creators and uh, and like contract them to do to do uh, to create assets. Right, that way you get something that's actually unique for a project. I'm I'm speaking about this as a as a developer myself, right? Mm. 
Because, I mean, the problem with a lot of these things and with RPG Maker and such is that you get a lot of this sort of, like, everything looks the same. And it's, like, one of the big problems with a lot of these Unity games is that they're just buying assets straight off the asset store and throwing them in. They're not doing anything really custom with them. And so you get all these different games that have the same assets in them. And, it's just, you know, it just it's like same face syndrome in anime and manga. Oh, yeah. Where all the characters just look identical. I'm just clicking through some of these right now. Yeah, this looks fun. You, sometimes you, when you click around these things, you say, oh, wow, that that's an interesting... Sp so here's a flying pig with a boomerang. And then immediately you have to start thinking, oh, what kind of game would that be in? Mm-hmm. Those are probably the best assets to find. So the ones that, the ones that can't really be used in anything, they're just like so out there. Yeah. And then try and create something around that. That's a that's probably a good exercise for anybody who wants to be a game designer doesn't really know how to how to do it. Just find something find something weird. Try and figure out why there would be a game with that in there, and try and try and build something simple around that concept. Yeah, I used to. Uh, do you ever do game jams? By the way, I've done a few. Yeah, I've actually got a couple of games that were done at uh, Toronto Game Jam. Mm -hmm. uh, the original Toe Jam had. Uh, well, that's what. That's what it's called, Toe Jam. Toe Jam. Toronto Game Jam. The original one, I had this. Uh, I had this game where you're supposed to be flying a UFO ba made out of the CN Tower abducting aliens instead of uh, you being abducted by aliens. Another one that I did was uh, it's actually on Itch. Itchy Togium. And it is uh, called Happy Island which is which is self-described as the world's worst escort mission. So it's a whole... <laughs> okay. And, and so we all know escort missions are the worst kind of mission ever. Yes. And so you're saying this is the worst of the worst. Yes. That that was the whole that was the whole idea with it to just make something like just terrible. Jeez. <laughs> I've done a few. I did a uh, Nano Rano once. Uh, well, actually, I did it. I think I did it twice. Um, so we, that that's the we've talked about that on the show before. That's the visual novel. Write a visual novel in the month of March. So I did that once, twice. <laughs> uh, I did some other game jam late last year. Uh, that was kind of fun. I can't even remember the name of it. That was an itch.io, something I signed up for. I actually got with a team of strangers on uh, Discord, and that was pretty fun, you know, just working with randos and um, arguing about uh, <laughs> scripts and characters and stuff that uh, that uh, you start you start liking the story and everything so much yourself, you know, after the first uh, first couple weeks of living with it. That uh, you might be the biggest fan. The creators themselves might be the biggest fans of the game. Yeah. But some of them, uh, one of them that I did had, a, a, I think we got a bunch of hits from it. I did one that was uh, for Nano Reno 2019. I think it's still on itch. I'll try and. Yeah. Send, had... me, send me those. Links. I think I'm going to stick my games in the notes as well. Sarkalen. Yeah. So we had our. <laughs> I argued about the title because it sounds like a light novel title Our Lost World Beneath the Skies. Um, yes, that is definitely sounding like a light novel title. Yeah, send that to you. That's the one I'm going to promote. I have a uh, VNDB if anyone really cares, where you can see the stuff I was on. But this one had full voice acting, and it was the first time I worked on it. I wrote a script. I didn't write the whole thing. I co-wrote it. So I think the breakdown was I wrote somewhere around half of the total words. Maybe it was a little less than half uh, among three writers, and so... Uh, but the, one of the writers wasn't writing as much because he was managing, like, everything else on the project. And I also did soundtrack on it. Um, nice. A, about a third of the soundtrack. So I directed it, and then I did, uh, I think I did three tracks out of ten. So it was a little less than a third. And I got my, oh, yeah, there I am, Abel Kirby, staff consultant. Because <laughs> yep. I and also did everything else. Story. Yeah, story. I also did, oh, I did all the sound effects. Uh, which, nice. Yeah, so I did all the sound direction. It's produced from, just like these free asset sites, I produced it from, um, we had freesound.org, 
and I had to go through and make sure I'm getting all licenses that are compatible with what we're doing because there's stuff that you can't use, uh, even yeah. though it's on Freesound. So we went through and we got a list of who needs attribution, and we put a, put them in the credits. But there's a whole lot more sound effects than the credited ones because some people didn't ask for it, and if they didn't ask for it, I didn't put them in. But yeah, it's uh was a fun, really fun story. It's got yeah. some CGs you can look at. Art was fun. It's the mushroom scene. Yeah, that's fun. I'll yeah, have to. Yeah. I'll have to, to my uh, actually to my backlog too, aren't I? You you'll probably notice right away the uh, there's some no agenda references in there that I wrote in. So, oh nice. Yeah, flanker section thirty three. Woo. <laughs> there's a couple. Um, there's a couple subtle references to no agenda memes inside there. So, if you can come across those, you can guarantee I'm the one who wrote up. Any foamers? Uh, I don't think we made a foamer. There's no there's no trains. Uh -huh. There's a it takes place on an airship for uh, most of the time. Well, airships could have horns. Oh yeah, man, this is you know how sometimes you work on a project for so long and and the whole thing never gets out. This is we got basically chapter one and two out on this, and we had to cut it off. But by the time so you have four weeks to write the game. To, or to produce the whole game in the first and you can do some planning beforehand so we did some planning beforehand in the first two weeks we were looking at the script saying we wrote so much damn script we're gonna have six parts and it's gonna be way over uh you know novella length and meanwhile the script has to be final by week two so that the voice <laughs> acting voice casting and voice acting can come in and uh so we had to cut it off so we only got we only got a little bit of the story in and it's like so we got the first plot beat and I'm still hoping someday we'll go back to it. I'll talk to Kevin was the director and, and get it finished. Yeah. Well, we'll have to do episode two or something. And cause we had some shit plan, man. That was it still gets me excited thinking about it. That was uh, really cool. Plus I like the voice when, when you write a script and you hear someone else, I mean, I, you write a scene and it, you have a way that it's going to play out in your head. Um, so I had done that. Uh, then we had suddenly all the characters we were writing about suddenly had sprites. We were like, holy crap, this this is kind of cool. Then when the music's in the background and the, the, the sound effects start working and there's, they're queued up with the direction and everything. And then finally when the voice voice actors are all finished recording and it, it, just seeing everything come together was pretty pretty freaking good feeling. So Yeah. Makes me want to do it again. I skipped NaNoWriMo this year for... Because I was moving to Baltimore uh, area at the time, but twenty twenty one, twenty twenty one, we'll see. Mm -hmm. I'd like to get. I've got another. Uh, well, we've got some stuff we'll talk about. What's uh, when's the next show? Is that the twenty fourth? Yeah, the that show after twenty third. Twenty third. Yeah. So on the the show after that, I'll bring up some stuff. I've been working with someone else for uh, for another project, but I won't bring it up on the show until after it's out. Okay. Yeah. You already know what I'm talking about because I told you off. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm keeping the secret for you, though. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah, Visual novels, man. How do they work? So what do we have? Text. If you listen to uh, that show with, uh, I sent you a clip of Otaku, or an episode of Otaku Generation circa 2006, where they interview uh, Moot from 4chan. You have Moot, who I think is 17. I worked it out. I think he's about 17 or 19 at the time. He's not much older than I was. Uh, and he makes these really degrading comments about Fate Stay Night and visual novels and Japanese programmers. It's hilarious to listen to him. He's bitching about, well, you know, when they make those slideshows, they're they're okay. But when they try and write netcode, <laughs> he's <laughs> he's so full of himself. It's hilarious. If you want to hear Christopher Poole way before he, anyone knew what his real name was. Back before he was popular. Oh, yeah. And... Those were the days where we still had, um, what were the engines? So you had Enscriptor and On. I think Enscriptor was the original and Onscriptor was, is that the open source version? I think it was. And then they had that. Kirikiri or something like that. Yeah. Nowadays, everything's in RemPy. Uh, at least all the English langu language visual novels. Which no, is, no. There's actually, there's actually another one that's come out that people are starting to use, and there are ones that are being done with uh, Unity now too. Oh yeah, I I saw a couple of those, but they seem to be 
the when I hear Unity Visual Novel, I, all I can think of is Honey Pop, because that was the one I remember. That was I think that was a Unity game. I don't remember, but yeah. yeah. So the first one was DNML, apparently. I never even heard of that. Digital novel markup language. And then that was succeeded by Enscriptor, Kiri Kiri, yeah. RenPy. Uh, there's now, oh, there was Tyranno Builder. Oh, uh, yeah. I looked at that. It didn't seem appealing to me. Yeah. Uh, there's one that's actually published by uh, Dejica, a company that, uh, that does the RPG makers. <laughs> yeah, no surprise there. So they've got their own, like, visual novel maker. The the thing about it that I like about Rempi and is that you can tie in a bunch of other things that you can't do with like Tyranno Builder. I know there was ways to get other uh, you know, modules to execute if you wanted to put custom things in the in the engine, but with uh, Rempi, it's like, oh well, it's just Python, so you can call stuff and make it do things, and you know it's familiar and it's easy to deal with if you know what uh, you know a little bit about Python at least. Yeah, I've always felt like with Rempy, you can make it as good as you engine want. Where I don't have the source code, mm. or at least I'm not able to add in my own stuff on the into it if I don't have the source code. So I can handle Unity because, I mean, you can bring in all sorts of stuff with it that isn't necessarily Unity itself, yeah. right? But uh, but something like Tyranno Builder is just like no, I I was a hard pass on that. Was Unity, you had um, the free version, you needed an account to log in. That was one of the reasons that I kind of, I, I looked at it. I did a couple demos in Unity, and yeah, I'm not sure I really want to deal with this. You didn't originally. Yeah, but if you, That's go, something if they you go get it now, it does. Like 18, that they're really trying to push people to have an account and make use of the asset store and all of that. Yeah, that's where they're going to make their money. Well, yeah, it's it's the Razor model, right? Yeah. I'm still looking at opengameart.org. I've got uh, portraits. I found uh, Tim's turtle. You know, with that a, as well. There's a planet. I found colorful, colorful boy in idle. PNG files are numbered. There are one, two, three, four. Looks like there's a whole bunch of frames that look the same to me. I don't know. Maybe they're slightly animated. <laughs> like the idle animation doesn't have a lot of animation in it. Something interesting is if you create if you create a group of uh, items, then you can actually get a credits file for the items in there. On Open Game Art. Yeah. Hmm. So like you see when you have something open, there's like a list of uh, collections, right? Oh yeah. So I can add. So you create a collection. Okay, I've got knife by then... Grumpy Diamond. Yeah, and then at the bottom. There's the ability to actually download the credits file. And it's just a text file. And it says, like, gives you, like, title, author, link, license. Indeed. So it's very helpful for, for people who are, like, grabbing assets. Yeah. No, that is the huge pain in the ass when you're downloading stuff. Like, when, when I was doing audio, was trying to make sure that I had the... I had it, even for stuff I wasn't sure I was going to use or not. I had to have a like a whole spreadsheet system where I would download the file. I had the file name recorded. I had to get the license, the user, the link, and all this other extra stuff, and keep track of whether it was in the game or not. You know, so I could have proper attribution. And that is like on top of trying to figure out what sounds sound right and it, are they mixed at the right level for uh, to put in the engine, or do I have to adjust? Like on top of the technical work. There's a whole bunch of administration that turned into, it makes the task like, if you think it's going to take, you know, uh, four days to put this together, you know, why don't you count on having eight? Because <laughs> you have to go, everything has to be so slow because you have to keep track of it. Yeah. Oh, well. So maybe, uh, maybe in our future we'll, we'll I, I think I have a land party kind of thing. I want to see if, if it's possible. I bet in my note. See if I can put together. I have a couple StarCraft CD keys. Maybe we could put together uh, a UMS party. See if we can get a couple people to join. I have an archive somewhere of some really old, like out of circulation StarCraft maps. So if there's people interested, we might want to do that. Then there's the opportunity for game jams in the future. So maybe we can do something like that. Definitely would be in for game jams. Uh, for 
for multiplaying games, I'm more into doing shooters than doing uh, doing any type type of strategy game. Ah, uh, well, I could I try. definitely I'd definitely be in for doing like uh, classic Doom uh, <laughs> land party. Yeah, that, that would be bad. Fun. We'd have to get uh, we'd have to get voice. We'd have to get uh, no, well, we'd have to get a couple things in place. But I'd be up for that. Maybe we can yep. get uh, if we if we have any listeners, which I'm still not sure we do. We have a few. Yeah. Have you been checking the stats? No, I. Uh, no. I'm not aware we even have stats. As far the only person I talk to about the show is you, and so you you're the only one I know listens to me talk. Yeah, we got stats, and uh, I even sent you links and creds for it before. Hmm. I didn't see those. Ah, well, you can send them again oh. after the show or whatever. I'm not sure if I still have the creds for them or for you or not. You'll have to you'll have to go through your Skype history for that. Yeah. Oh, for uh, you mean to log into the site? Yeah, I have that. Well, to log into the stats page because it's different credentials because that's actually run by the host. Hmm. Well, I'll have to look back. I don't I don't have that. Yeah. Ah well, that's everything I had for this week. I was gonna bitch about image applications, but I'm just gonna strike that because it's. Yeah, we've been, uh, been running a good amount of time too. We've we've gotten about an hour in. Oh yeah. <laughs> Weathering with you on Blu-ray. Got it. Strike that. High dive. I didn't talk about high dive. Brazil. Yeah, I'll get some pictures from Brazil. Yeah, I'm going down my rundown. I got everything I wanted. I want to check that out too. Yeah. I'll put. I'll send you the pictures. See if you like them or not. Alrighty. All right. You want to call it? What yeah. kind of deviant <laughs> sicko do you take me for? I'll find us a room and some members. Who are you going to call? All right. For Rare Encounter, Encounter number 10, I've been Abel Kirby. I've been Cold Acid. Adios. Toodles.